the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. God really used that conference in my life. To be in a room full of men, praising Jesus Christ, singing their hearts out to Him, repenting of sin, humble before the Lord is powerful. I'd never seen, I don't think I'd ever seen a grown man cry at that point in my life. And I remember a man sitting near me weeping during worship. I don't think I'd ever seen a man cry before that. At some point in your life, you come to a place where something happens that just sticks with you. Can you relate? In today's message, Pastor Dan will explain a vision that Ezekiel had about water that flowed from the newly built temple, living water. In his vision, the flow of this river emptied into the Dead Sea. No living thing is in this sea. Pastor Dan also talks about three different kinds of experiences we can have with the Spirit of God. He is with you. He is in you. He comes upon you to give you power. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 47, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. We're going to finish the book of Ezekiel just so you get some, you know, kind of chronology here of how things will unfold in the end times. We're currently living in the church age that began with Jesus's crucifixion, resurrection and ascension. The church age will last until the rapture of the church when believers on the earth are caught up to meet the Lord in the air and thus we shall always be with the Lord. And then at some point after the rapture, not necessarily immediately after the rapture, but at some point, there will be a seven-year tribulation period on the earth. And this is when God will pour out his wrath upon a Christ-rejecting, rebellious world. And that's described in great detail for us in the book of Revelation. Uh, Revelation chapters 6 to 18 describe all of the events of that seven-year tribulation period. The tribulation will end, culminate with the battle of Armageddon. That will prompt Jesus Christ to come again, the second coming of Jesus Christ to the earth. And then Jesus will establish his kingdom on the earth, will enter into the kingdom age, thousand-year reign of Christ upon the earth, At the end of the thousand-year reign will be the final judgment, the great white throne judgment, and God will make a new heaven and a new earth, and we'll all live happily ever after with Jesus. So that's kind of the timeline for us. In these final final chapters of Ezekiel, Ezekiel is looking ahead to that kingdom age when Christ returns 
to the earth and he reigns over all the earth as king. And he will rule from his temple in Jerusalem. And we've looked at that in great detail here in the book of Ezekiel. Uh, And when Christ returns from heaven to the earth, he will bring the believers that are with him in heaven with him. And that will include us because we're either going to go to be with the Lord through death or in the rapture. And so we'll be in heaven during the tribulation period. God hasn't appointed us to wrath. So we're not going to be here during the tribulation period. We'll be in heaven with Jesus Christ. And when he comes back, he will bring the believers that are in heaven with him to the earth. So we will be with him. That will also include the Old Testament saints or Old Testament believers, people like Ezekiel, who are in heaven right now with the Lord. They will come back with him. Also, those who become believers during the seven-year tribulation period and die during that tribulation period, they're referred to as tribulation saints. They will also return with Christ, as well as the two witnesses that are described in Revelation chapter 11. They will return with Christ to the earth. And when we return with Christ to the earth in the kingdom age, so we're, we're going to we'll be in heaven with him. And then when he comes back, we'll, we'll come back with him. We will not be in our natural bodies, the body that you're sitting in right now, that the Bible sometimes refers to as a carcass. You're not going to be in your carcass anymore. You're going to be in your new glorified, resurrected, eternal body. The Bible says that we will rule upon the earth as kings and priests with Jesus Christ. And so the question then is, who will we rule over on the earth? Those believers, both Jew and Gentile believers, who live through the tribulation period, make it through the tribulation, believers who live through the tribulation on the earth will then enter into the kingdom age. And so those believers that live through the tribulation, they survive the tribulation, both Jewish believers, Gentile believers, uh, they will enter into the kingdom age and they'll still have their natural bodies. They They will not be in their glorified bodies. And they'll live here on the earth. The big difference now, though, during the kingdom age is that Jesus Christ will be on the earth and the governments of the world will be upon his shoulders, it tells us in the book of Isaiah. And he will rule over all of the earth as king of kings and lord of lords. So initially, at the beginning of the kingdom age, that millennial reign, uh, those living on the earth will all be believers. But then they will live their life on the earth under the dominion of Christ as the king of kings. And they will get married and they'll build houses and have jobs and all of that kind of stuff. They'll also have children. And those children will be born with the sin nature. Just as you and I were born with a sin nature, just as children born today are born with a sin nature, those born during the kingdom age will have the sin nature. They'll need regeneration. They'll need to put their faith in Jesus Christ and be born again, just like people now. People born during the kingdom age will have the ability to rebel against God. And rebel against his authority, just as people rebel against God today. 
fact, the Bible tells us that at the end of the kingdom age, at the end of the thousand years, many people will rebel against Jesus Christ. They don't want him ruling over them. Uh, So over time during the kingdom age, those that are living on the earth, that we're going to rule as kings and priests with Christ, serving with him. Over time, there will be unsaved people living on the earth during the kingdom age. They're just living under the authority and dominion of Christ. The Bible tells us that during the kingdom age, it will be a time of universal prosperity of universal peace on the earth. There will be no more war on the earth. There will be no more military conflicts on the earth. People won't learn about war anymore. Uh, We're told that Satan will be bound for the entire thousand years of the kingdom reign, so there won't be satanic activity on the earth or demonic activity on the earth or in the world during that time. Also, we're told that many, but not all, Many of the effects of the fall will be removed. Creation will be renewed and restored to Eden-like conditions on the earth. We're told that the world during the kingdom age, when Christ is king, when his kingdom comes and his will is done on the earth as it is in heaven, the world will be characterized by truth, by holiness, by righteousness, By peace, by justice, by gladness. We're told that the knowledge of God will permeate throughout the world. And as we've seen in Ezekiel, there'll be a temple in Jerusalem. Where people will go to worship the Lord God. And from that temple, Jesus Christ will reign There'll be a sacrificial system that's put in place. We've looked at that in detail. The sacrifices will memorialize the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. It's not a return back to the old system. It's really a a new system that is put in place, a sacrificial system. And then even at the end of that, with Christ reigning and all of, uh, as wonderful as it's going to be, there's going to be people at the end of it that say, we don't want this guy ruling over us. As good as it is. And it just is going to show the wickedness in man's heart. That it's not about the conditions. It's not about the environment. It's not about the world that we live in. Just man's heart is rebellious and and wicked. And so some will rebel at the end of the thousand year reign. That's another study for another time. But that just kind of gives you a summary of what will characterize the kingdom age that we've been talking about. And so now we come to chapter 27, and Ezekiel continues his description of the kingdom temple. And this this chapter, chapter 47, is kind of near and dear to my heart, because when I was a brand new Christian, I was only a couple months old in the Lord, the church my wife and I attended had a men's retreat. And I, I went to this men's retreat, it was at a Christian conference center, in Mariana, Florida, and Bill Gallatin of Calvary Chapel Finger Lakes. He was the guest speaker. Didn't know who he was at the time. But the theme of verse, this theme passage, was Ezekiel 47 for that conference. And I I was such a new believer that at the opening session, when they said open to Ezekiel 47, I don't think I knew there was a book called Ezekiel in the Bible. 
and I didn't know where it was, and I couldn't find it. So I finally just kind of turned to a passage in my Bible that wasn't Ezekiel 47, and sat there with my Bible in my lap as if I knew and was tracking with everything that was being said, but I wasn't. But God really used that conference in my life. To be in a room full of men, praising Jesus Christ, singing their hearts out to him, repenting of sin. Humble before the Lord was powerful. I'd never seen, I don't think I'd ever seen a grown man cry at that point in my life. And I remember a man sitting near me weeping during worship. I don't think I'd ever seen a man cry before that. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. So chapter 47. So verse 1. Remember Ezekiel is getting kind of this guided tour around the temple. Verse 1 says, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, For the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. Now, when you get home tonight, you pull in the driveway. If there is water flowing under the threshold of your door, that's a terrible thing. But in this case, to have water flowing from the threshold of the temple, this is a wonderful thing. This is a glorious thing. There are two other passages of Scripture that speak about this millennial river that will flow from the temple. The first one's in Joel chapter 3, verse 18. I'll just read it to you. Joel 3, 18. And it will come to pass in that day that the mountains shall drip with new wine, the hills shall flow with milk, and all the brooks of Judah shall be flooded with water. A fountain shall flow From the house of the Lord. A fountain shall flow from the house of the Lord. That's what Ezekiel's talking about. The second passage that mentions it is in Zechariah chapter 14. Zechariah 14, verse 8. Zechariah 14, 8. In that day, notice that phrase, that day, that's talking about the kingdom age. Same phrase is used in Joel 3.18. In that day, it shall be that living waters shall flow from Jerusalem. Half of them toward the eastern sea and half of them toward the western sea. In both summer and winter, it shall occur. And the Lord Yahweh shall be king over all the earth in that day. It shall be the Lord is one and his name is one. So there it tells us there will be a river, a a river of living water flowing from Jerusalem. And it tells us there that it will at some point divide 
And half of it will flow toward the eastern sea. That's the Dead Sea. And half of it will flow toward the western sea. That would be the Mediterranean Sea. Ezekiel focuses on the branch that goes towards the east to the Dead Sea. You know why the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea? Because it's dead. There's nothing living in the Dead Sea. The salt and mineral content of the Dead Sea is such that nothing can live in the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea has a salt content six times that of the Atlantic Ocean. And you probably have seen pictures of people floating in the Dead Sea, reading a newspaper or reading a magazine or that kind of thing. It's impossible to sink in the Dead Sea because of the, the density of the salt in the water. You, you, you don't even have to try to float or keep yourself afloat. You just float. You're like a cork in the water. You can't sink. Even if you try to sink, you just, you just stay afloat. And there's mud there that you can put on your body and on your face and it exfoliates your skin and makes your skin real smooth and soft. And so you can do that there. And so verse two now says he brought me out by the way of the north gate and then he led me around on the outside to the outer gate that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. He goes out through the north gate. Remember the north gate of the temple? Remember at the temple, in the temple court there, only the north and southern gate were open. And so he's got to go out through the north gate. And then he walks around the courtyard to the eastern gate or the east side. And there's water running out from the temple. Uh, You know, Jerusalem is the only great ancient city that was not built on a river. Its water source is the Gihon Springs, even still today. And we see, though, in the kingdom age, it will have a great river flowing from it. And it'll be a river like no other river in any other nation ever had. So this river is coming out from the temple, this river of living water coming out from the presence of God where he's dwelling in the temple. Verse 3 And when the man, that's the guy who's giving Ezekiel this tour, he went out to the east with the line in his hand. Remember, he's got a measuring line. He measured 1,000 cubits. That's about 1,500 feet or 1,700 feet, thereabouts. So he measures about 1,500 feet or so. And he brought me through the waters and the water came up to my ankles. And again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters And the water came up to my knees. And again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through. The water came up to my waist. And again, he measured 1,000. And it was a river that I could not cross for the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim. A river that could not be crossed. And so Ezekiel was brought downstream in this river by this guide, this man, until he reached the point that it was so deep he couldn't stand and he had to swim. One thing I love about this passage is how it illustrates the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers. The Bible describes three relationships or three experiences with the Holy Spirit. 
In John chapter 14, verse 17, Jesus said to his disciples, the spirit dwells with you and will be in you. So that's two two experiences that we have with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will dwell. The Holy Spirit dwells with you and will be in you. Now, Jesus said this before his death and resurrection. The spirit dwells with you presently, he says to his disciples, and will be in you in the future. Before we were born again, the Holy Spirit was with us. Or alongside of us, convicting us of our sin, convicting us of our need to repent, convicting us of our need to put our trust in Jesus Christ, convicting us of the righteousness of God and our unrighteousness, convicting us of God's judgment. And then when we finally repented of our sin and trusted Christ, at that point we were born again and the Holy Spirit of God came to dwell in us. So the Holy Spirit was with us, alongside us, before we were saved, and now dwells in us once we believe and are born again. In John chapter 20, verse 22, after the resurrection, Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And at that moment, they received the Holy Spirit. If Jesus says, Receive the Holy Spirit, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. And they received the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit began to dwell in the disciples at that point. And the Holy Spirit dwells in every believer in Jesus Christ. But then Jesus goes on to speak of a third experience with the Holy Spirit. He spoke of the Holy Spirit coming upon a believer to empower them, to be witnesses for him. A couple verses that we can look at for this. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This is after the resurrection and just before he ascends to heaven. So this is one of the last things Jesus says to his disciples. But you shall receive power. The word is dunamis. We get the word dynamite or dynamic from this word. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, Jesus had already breathed on the disciples at this point. They've already received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in them. But now he tells them about the Holy Spirit coming upon them and them receiving power. By the Holy Spirit coming upon them to be witnesses for Christ. This is a different thing. Now, in Luke chapter 24, Luke 24, verse 49. Again, this is after the resurrection and just before the ascension back to heaven. Jesus says to his disciples, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. He tells the disciples, Wait here in Jerusalem. Don't do anything. Wait until you're endued with power from on high. The promise of the Father. Now they have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them at that point. But Jesus says, I don't want you to do anything. Don't want you to go anywhere. I want you to wait here until you're endued with power from on high. When are they endued with power? At Pentecost. The Holy Spirit's poured out upon them. And they're endued with power. 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Ezekiel. The Israelites had a difficult time trusting God, especially when things didn't go their way. But despite their wavering faith, God's faithfulness never wavered. He even sent someone like Ezekiel to speak not only truth, but hope. God had something much greater for the Israelites, and He has something much greater for you, too. If today's message with Pastor Dan on Ring of Truth has touched you and you'd like to know more about how God can change your life, we'd love to talk with you. Please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. And we highly encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your growing faith. If you're ever in the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together for a time of worship and Bible study. And we'd love to have you join us. You can visit our website at calvaryec.com to find directions, service times, and what you can expect when you join us. We want to say thank you for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the Bible when you tune in next time, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.